Hey, coconuts. Hey, hey, coconuts. Hey, Meral. How are hey, you? Some- hey, someone. I'm good. How are you? I'm good too. It's I been feel a like, while. <laughs> I feel like I just yelled in your eardrums. I'm so sorry. I'm gonna try and be calm. I know it's been ages. I missed you. Happy season yeah. three. <laughs> yeah yeah oh my gosh are you excited that we're starting our season three I'm psyched I I'm surprised we made it this far (laughs) yeah 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 no I'm glad that we did though like you know um and I'm glad that people are listening to us and they enjoy it and they're getting informed by us like on certain topics and stuff so yeah that's good um so yeah I mean, even though our next, our, this season three is going to have a few changes, like we're going to be uploading every other Tuesday as opposed to every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So be ready for that. And we haven't made a solid decision about the YouTube yet. Like we're still going to decide like when we're going to upload on that. But I mean, you know what, like since there's so many things happening all around us, we probably will stick, we probably will be sticking to it. And, you know, like just so we can inform and update people on stuff right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's about yeah. it. I mean, um, yeah, you summarized it really well. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, like informing uh, our coconuts and others about certain topics, did you get any feedback regarding our, our uploads on Palestine? Because we did upload one during our season break. And uh, yeah. did you get any, any feedback on that? Yeah, I did. Oh my god, the feedback back was so nice like everybody like this is how I knew like the people that had heard it and who hadn't heard it like (laughs) I was able to find out the fakes (laughs) because like the people that heard it they would they sent me like you know like long like messages or dms and they would be like oh my god this was so heartbreaking we love the way you ended it and like you know it brought me to tears and like okay I'm gonna give a shout out to my mom my mom sent me a voice note I sent that to you as well yeah she was literally crying in the voice note and she's like I just finished watching it you could hear that she was crying and I was like oh my god so like this is how I knew that like you know if you had watched it this is how you like told us um yeah so it was like a mostly like you know obviously positive feedback um and people were very thankful that we like you know took our time and like did research and like you know made it into more like bullet points Uh um uh, so like you know you don't have to like go around looking at different like articles to get that information it was just in one place um so yeah I know like other stuff is happening right now like I was telling Meral that there's like an election that just took place and everything um I we just don't like I have the proper information right now that's why like I'm not like gonna be talking about it right now but once Mm -hmm. I do we'll talk about it like once we both have information yeah, for sure. I mean, we we will be dedicating um, segments to to what's happening because this is something that should not be dying out of the news cycle. But yeah, like I got I got pretty positive feedback as well from from my friends who are Palestinian as well and and from Pakistanis and Indians as well. And they're just like, you know, thank you. You informed us about so much because, again, like um, and this was honestly someone's brilliant brains where she's just like no no let's gather all the information from different resources and put them into one timeline so we can fit like we can explain properly as to what is happening um so yeah like it was it was a good chronological breakdown of what's just happened this year you know not even like the past um 70 years so yeah yeah it was it was pretty good um Mm -hmm. But that honestly, like just talking to people about like our our podcast and listening to their feedback and stuff, 
I was so excited to get back to this. Like I miss doing podcasts with you. It's been too long, bro. Too, too long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how was your week? <laughs> what have you been up to? What have you been up to since we last spoke? <laughs> Well, uh, what have I been up to? Um, not much. I'm I'm studying. I'm helping a few friends out with a few things that they're doing uh, for their own respective workplaces. And uh, I joined this app called Bumble to make new friends. And they're so cute. I've met like the sweetest people. And like the best thing is like most of them are in Jeddah. And it's just like, turns out we do have mutual friends, but mutual friends have traveled. So there was no like way to meet them, but it was, it was really nice to like sort of connect and and talk to people who share the same experiences, but you have like no connection to them. So yeah, that's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. That's really good. I, I'm gonna like say that you don't need any more friends because you've got me. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but I, I get it. That is smart. It is smart. <laughs> it is. It is. Another thing that I did this week that a lot of people are gonna hate me for is that um I started June first. I decided that I would go completely off meat, off dairy, and wow, kind of off carbs as well. So I'm just living off of fruits, which is pretty chill, which is pretty good. And uh, yeah, so so that's been fun. I feel light as a kite. <laughs> has it? Has it been fun? It has. I'm I'm so delirious. You're gonna get the full full morale. <laughs> Delir delir <laughs> Oh my god, it's already starting. Um, the full morale madness <laughs> in this episode. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. I'm uh, excited about that. I guess excited and a little scared. But- <laughs> <laughs> don't worry though dr someone i have taken my supplements and everything is under okay, control good. <laughs> good 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 okay i'm glad i'm glad you're doing it responsibly yeah. um all right okay <laughs> uh, um okay, so <laughs> yeah. yeah my week was uh my week was like um it was fine like honestly nothing special because <laughs> um dubai is like pretty boring uh, especially in the summer because it's like super hot like super super hot so even like going outside, like just for like a walk or hanging laundry or something, it is literally just too much. <laughs> so yeah, my week has been like mostly just like indoors in AC areas. Yeah. And um, yeah, and I'm also like studying and then like, you know, just family stuff. So yeah. And yeah. you met you met a certain friend of ours. Um, oh, yeah. Very okay. oh my God, I can't. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot to mention that. Like honestly, time like I have no concept of it. I don't. I didn't same, remember same. if it was this. <laughs> but like, yeah. So I did. I did. I met one of uh, one of our like well high school friend that I've known like forever, and uh, she was like in Saudi Arabia for a while, but like she just came back to Dubai. So I'm really happy that she's back, and that was a lot of fun. Like you know, it, like I love going to her house because it really feels like like it's so chill like the environment is so like relaxed I can just be like comfortably on the couch as if it's my own house like you know what I mean and then like yeah we watched the quiet place again um uh in preparation for the second part which is I'm kind of excited about it like now like I really want to watch it um yeah that it was fun it was like really fun and I heard like her husband's really nice too and it's just it was fun I'm gonna pretend to not be jealous, but I really am. I miss the two of them. But we zoomed so you, so you were. Much. It was like you were there. I know, but it made me so much sadder. Oh, and it made me sadder. Even like it, 
I was even even more sad, whatever the term is. Okay, next degree of sadness. When I realized all three of you were in stripes and I oh, was yeah. in like a solid color. And I was like, what is this? Why are all of you in stripes? I can't believe that happened. What a weird coincidence. <laughs> yeah. That that is nuts. <laughs> but yeah. uh but that being said, no, I'm I'm glad like uh honestly wherever wherever that beautiful couple goes, they they always make people happy and smile and and it's always been good. I hope to invade mm-hmm. their home very soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um what are we talking about someone today? Like what what is oh. what is our season opener? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well this is something um, my friend morale here is obsessed with she loves it so this is probably like her favorite day right now <laughs> so we're going to be talking about the hunger games of both like the book and the movie trilogy um and we're probably going to end it by like talking about how it's like still relevant with like real world as mm-hmm. well even though i know it's just a book like a dystopian series so yeah i'm really excited that we're going to be diving deep into it because it is actually a really fun um series and i remember i read all of them when i was like um when we first moved to Dubai and we were living in like a one of those like hotel apartments kind of thing uh-huh. and it, like I was still in uh, Pakistan I was still in university then so I would like visit during my break it was the Hunger Games series then and I was like okay you know what I'm gonna check it out and then I, I read like I read it because I had nothing else to do it was like really boring and yeah it was fun <laughs> and I really liked them it was fun Oh my god, I love the Hunger Games so much. I remember um one of my friends, he's now in Canada. He he got me uh the series. He's like, "Oh, I think you'd really like I told him, "Oh, Hunger Games come out and like, you know, I I want to read it." And he's like, "Oh, I think you'd really like it." And he got me the the box set because I don't know why he accidentally ordered two box sets for himself. And it was so good. I still have them and I love these books to death. And this is something that like I, as a teacher, I still tell, like I tell my students that, okay, yes, read Harry Potter, you know, read, you know, Anne of Green Gables, read like Jane Eyre, all these books, but definitely read the Hunger Games because they're so relevant to the times that we're in. And it's, it's, it's actually quite scary with how relevant it really is. Um, but yeah, so should I give everyone like a summary, Salman? <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, it wouldn't be an episode if you didn't. <laughs> I know, right? Prepare for the morale rant. All right, so I'm going to just dive into it. Um, the Hunger Games trilogy is a post-apocalyptic dystopia set in a small nation of Panem, um, which we assume is what is the livable land of what used to be the USA, because based off of every everything that everyone has said in the books and in the movies, you just you assume that it's the it's the states. Um, Panem is divided into 12 districts and it is a dictatorship that faced a rebellion previously by the 13th district. Every year, each district. Now, this rebellion took place, the book opens up to, uh, to the start of the 74th Hunger Games. So this rebellion took place 74 years prior. And as a, as a sort of... Um, reminder to sort of stay in line and you know district is to submit a boy and girl tribute to fight in the hunger games so um every district is to submit a boy and girl tribute to fight in the hunger games so um 
Yeah, so basically the Hunger Games is like a reality show in which they must fight to the death until only one survivor is left. And when I tell you fight to the death, it is literally fight to the death. Like people die five minutes in because also if you don't move off of your shield, um, you will explode. <laughs> because so it's kind of like it's kind of a reminder where the capital goes like 24 of your children from all 12 districts will be sacrificed and only one will survive. And even the survivor doesn't actually like win. That is the harsh reality. So Katniss, our protagonist, she lives in District 12 and volunteers to go in place with her younger sister, Prim. She forms an alliance with the boy from her district, Pita, um, or Pita Bread, as we all love him. And when they are left, when they are the only ones who are left standing, they grab poisonous berries and plan to thwart the capital by leaving no survivors because at the end of 74th Hunger Games, after everyone, everything has been said and done, um, the reason why Katniss was keeping Peta alive was because they said that you can have two victors from the same district, which is why she sort of made Peta, the guy who was the baker's son, sort of live through because then, you know, their district would win. But by the end, they're just like, no, 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 we're kidding. One of you has to die. And Peta immediately goes sacrifice me it is completely fine she goes no no it's either both of us or none of us so that that is kind of how the rebellion of the hunger games starts Mm -hmm. um obviously i'm summarizing everything for for everyone but i'm assuming that people have already like read the books and has have watched the movies yeah um honestly um wait one second can i just say that like uh even then okay so Peta like starts off by being like super in love with uh katniss because uh, apparently, uh, I think it was because he heard her sing or something, right? And he like fell in love with her voice. Yeah, he fell in love with her um, in the school playground. And oh, right. it yeah. was very cute. Like he, she yeah. was singing, I think, a, a bird song or something. So, yeah. <laughs> she was making bird sounds? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> a bird song. I don't know. They oh, okay. district, like, I mean, every single district has like different things that they represent and work towards. And, oh, yeah. And I like someone I would want to know like what you know of that so <laughs> okay yeah okay yeah. okay yeah, so like I um uh, I went over them because like I really wanted to remember as well because I couldn't so okay so the first one district one it's the wealthiest one and it's like their favorite um uh one because they deal with like you know um expensive like jewelry like diamonds and like those kind of things they're um like I guess jewelers I don't know what you would call them uh that's just district one and then the second one was masonry um so they uh provide the capital with like weapons the third one was tech um district three was the technology district so they provided the capital with like you know all it's like computers internet like you know technological advances um district four was for fishing they provided the food district five was uh for electricity and power they had a ginormous dam which controlled the power of like for the okay so uh district six was for uh transportation uh they made that you know that one big like uh, railway that like they always use to go to all the other districts they made like that and then district seven was for lumber um they provided like you know the, they made the buildings and woods and whatever and district eight was textile district nine was grain district 10 was livestock and okay so one thing was that like all of these districts that had like food and like agricultural supplies and whatever they were not allowed to use the stuff that they were making they had to send it directly to the capital and if they were using it those um peacemakers or i don't remember those 
peacekeepers, peacekeepers yeah. yeah those peacekeepers they would like literally like you know make an example of you like in the middle of the um the middle of the grounds that they yeah had. the square they every every district had a square yeah yeah they would like you know or like kill you or something so they no one could use the food that they have so their districts were literally in like you know like hunger and poverty and stuff but like you know anyways so yeah district 11 was uh, agriculture which surprisingly was the poorest and like one of the like most malnutrition district um <clears throat> Uh, what do you call it and then district 12 was also like a very like it was where Katniss and Peta were from and it was one of again the poorest districts um and they were for coal I think right yeah yeah they, they did coal. mining and the uh, and all of that so um yeah um okay and then uh the the kicker was that there was a district 13 but like everyone thought that district 13 had been destroyed by the capital like you know when the rebellion happened like what what 70 something years ago um but the truth was that the capital and district 13 had made like a deal where they were like um you know like we won't harm you as long as you don't like you know tell everyone that we still exist and so district 13 was all like underground and they were like nuclear power and stuff like they had nuclear weapons yeah. and they were just sort of like a military military type organization and uh, in that district uh president coin was the leader and whatever at least like during the events of the hunger games yeah so yeah those were all the districts and uh that's <laughs> that's up that's what's up um Anyways, Morale, you want to take it away? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like back to the poison berries. I mean, thank you so much for that, Summon. Mm -hmm. um, so as you will see, like all the districts had a certain um, criteria that they had to meet. They had, they had a certain agenda they had to follow. And the peacekeepers are very, very important because the peacekeepers, did, they only maintained peace for the sake of the capital, not for the district. They were not at all diplomatic. Um, some peacekeepers were very corrupt. Some peacekeepers would let it slide if they were bribed, um, uh, you know, sort of like, and Katniss, our protagonist, her father had died in, had died in a mine shaft. And it was just her, her younger sister, Prim, and her mom, who would sort of, uh, she was sort of the acting doctor. They didn't actually have a doctor, but she was the acting doctor. And Prim was basically Katniss's younger, she was basically her child. And anyone, like someone and I can relate to this, anyone who is an older child is or like if you have younger siblings or younger nieces and nephews, you you feel a certain paternal maternal instinct that comes out. Um, and this is why when Prim being it like 74th reaping being her first reaping ever, her name was selected as the female tribute. Um, that is when Katniss said, no, I volunteer as tribute. Now, this is something that has never happened before. The only person who has ever survived the Hunger Games in District 12 was a drunk person called Hamish, who I love. I love his character. He is like the definition of no shits given. I don't care. I'm unfiltered. I really, really don't care. Um, but he does have a heart of gold. However, he is the local drunk. Um, and only after the Hunger Games, you realize that, okay, watching it on screen is something else but witnessing it is something else like you know you are friends for like three days of training then you are immediately put into this competition that could you know last for maximum a week but everyone's killing each other this is how you're surviving so Hamish is awesome I I'm I stand Hamish honestly 
And this is sort of how Katniss became a tribute. Now with District 13, that pops up at the end of Catching Fire, which is the second book. Now there are three books, okay? There, there's The Hunger Games, there's Catching Fire, and there's Mockingjay. Um, Mockingjay is a very important symbol because the Mockingjay pin is something that, that Katniss wore. And the, mo the Mockingjay was the Mockingjay because it was a failed experiment on the Capitol's behalf. So it was sort of a reminder of how the Capitol isn't always right. And this was a pin that was given to Katniss right before the Hunger Games by the mayor's daughter in the book. It, like, it was just something that she picked up from the black market. But in the book, um, the mayor's daughter gave it to her as a symbol of like, you know, good luck. And this pin, um, as, as you will observe from the covers of the movies and the books, the, the caged pin, Mockingjay in the pin starts uncaging and is free by the end of it. So, nice. yeah, The Hunger Games is actually quite brilliant. Peter Malark is is awesome uh, with everything that someone said. He did have a crush on Katniss, <clears throat> but the thing is, he was also quite weak. And his parents did say something harsh like, oh, we might have a, have a winner this time because Katniss, while being from the cold district, was really well known for her hunting um, skills. Mm -hmm. She was a really good hunter and she was... She was a pro with uh, with a bow and arrow, so so yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. That was crazy. Like they were so like mean, and um, and Peter Peter was so sad when he was leaving his family yeah. to go for the the tournament. But like, yeah, they were just like, yeah, bye. And and like his mom was so mean to him. I remember when he was like giving, uh, when he tried to give Katniss the bread, like the first time they met, mm -hmm. like properly, um, she like slapped him and she was like, why'd you burn the bread? And like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, yeah. and but he it was only like, burned the bread because he wanted to give it to Katniss. Yeah, that was so cute. Honestly, uh, Peter's whole thing was so sad, like because like because I was just like uh, you know, like if you look at it from his perspective, the whole time he was literally just in love with this girl. He didn't even realize that you know they were in the beginning that they were using that in favor to get points with the capital because the way the games were working is that you need to get sponsors so they like you know send you help or like. Um, help right something like that so they became like uh to become like more favorable for the capital viewers um Hamish like suggested to Katniss to do this right like it was his idea to make them a couple because yeah it just he, because Peter, Peter let it out um in his interview that because I mean so they have this really funny guy called Caesar Flickman who would interview everyone and he'd be oh, like yeah, oh Stanley he was He's, yeah, he's kind of just like, oh, so tell me, who are you sleeping with? Oh my God, tell me, do you have a crush on someone? Oh my God, tell me, is, yeah. there, is there a special person in your life? Yeah. And um, he sort of asked Peta and Peta said, I do actually, and the crowd goes, well, like, ooh. Um, yeah. But then he's like, well, then you have someone, like, this was actually quite funny. He's like, well, then you can win and go impress her. And he's like, I don't think that'll work out. She came to the Hunger Games with me. That's when yeah. everyone lost it because it was like star-crossed lovers are being pitted against yeah. one another for survival. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so, yeah, like, it I know what you mean. Yeah. 
it does make for great like viewing you know like yeah. um it added like a whole element of like heartbreak and stuff mm-hmm. and I guess like because of the way like they're you know like in the end when um when they say that only one person can win and Peter like takes a knife to like kill himself like immediately yeah. and then and then she's like she stops him and then she's like then they both like try to eat the poison berries but they got saved because like everyone was just like no effing way are yeah. we gonna let these two people like you know um die like this yeah so yeah I guess ultimately it did work in their favor but to bring it back to Peter Peter being sad that like he didn't really realize that all of this was for um like uh you know to gain favor yeah Yeah. for sure and even in the second book of and movie like I feel like even then their relationship was mostly for sure like from Katniss's part and um yeah that part kind of sucked the the thing is the thing is I I totally get it Katniss her entire life has had to be in parent mode so she never actually like understood um what she wanted and Peter loved her unconditionally get me like he just oh I get what you're saying yeah um she had no idea what she was doing like Mm -hmm. no idea whatsoever um she even uh like she was in love with Gail this is what she thought love was and and Gil did like her he used to call her catnip and listen I'm sorry a little biased over here baby Thor okay this is like Liam Hemsworth um yeah, so right, right. yeah like of course and and Josh Hutcherson did a really good job as PETA but but yeah like I see what your point is like even in in um Catching Fire he was kind of like oh this is all for sure like you don't actually really like me but then what happens, our lovely coconuts, is because the capital is upset and everyone has been switched off, okay? Like, this is dystopian. No one really has technology. No one really has phones. No one's checking each other's TikToks or Snapchats or Instagrams. So there were a lot of um, rebellions that were taking, small rebellions and small bursts taking place in different districts because of what Katniss did. And the Mockingjay pin or she she had been symbolized as the Mockingjay and a symbol of hope. So people were doing, were, you know, sort of rising up against the peacekeepers slowly. Um, and obviously the capital knew what was going on and they they kept it away from everyone. But this is what the this is what President Snow, person in charge of capital, said that, you know, if you want your family to survive, you need to keep right. up the charade. And you need to show them that you are um, devoted to the capital and not, in fact, the Mockingjay. So they had to sort of keep up the charade and to the point where, like, PETA was just like, let's just get married. And and Katniss was like, yeah, this is going to happen inevitably because if we have to go on our Victor tour every single year anyway, we're going to be together. If we Mm -hmm. break up, it's going to be a massive issue for people. So might as well, let's just get together. Mm -hmm. Um, But she did like him, though, because... In the 70s yeah. Hunger Games, um, to sort of eliminate Katniss, what, what the Capitol did was um, all the, instead of the tributes being new people from the different districts, it was going to be the victors from all the districts, which yeah. meant that PETA and like Katniss would by default be the only one, which is quite comical when Ify, um, I loved her, oh my God, Ify Trinket, she had to pick up the females' names from the, from the, bowl for the reaping and it was only one name it was Katniss and then the second Mm -hmm. bowl it was Haymitch and PETA and and Katniss did say that if it's PETA you have to volunteer as tribute but Haymitch did say that listen if it's me I can't stop him from volunteering as tribute right it was sort of like 
it was a massive gamble um and yeah. the image was picked Peta went in but during the during the games it was quite dis- it was displayed that Katniss really cared for Peta like out of all the yeah. things in the world and even the people in district 13 were told that if you want Katniss to be part of your plans you need to make sure that Peta's alive and well because she's not going to yeah. do anything if Peta's hurt Peta or Prim yeah. both of both those yeah. people meant the world to to her yeah. So, yeah. Um so the the second round that they did the 75th one like in that one everyone was like trying to protect uh Katniss, right? Because yeah. like they like this is when yeah. the rebellion kind of like had officially fully started yeah. and she was like the face of the rebellion then. And, and she didn't um, know about it. That's the funniest yeah, thing. Yeah, she didn't know about it. That was the craziest thing. You know, one uh, thing that I read, like uh, the parallels that they drew between uh President Coin and President uh what was his name? Snow? Snow, yeah. Yeah. Uh, was that like, you know, how like even Snow made uh, Katniss like, you know, like repeat speeches and like, you know, be like, uh, like made her like some kind of like um, robot or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and by threatening her and stuff, um, President Coyne did the exact same thing. Like she told her like, oh, you know, you have to speak like this. You have to say this or else like we're not going to bring like PETA back or like, you know, how like PETA gets captured by the Capitol and those two other people. So she like kind of like put a lot of th- like restrictions on her and like, she made her speak in a certain way too. Like they both tried to control her. So yeah. like, yeah, that's why like, uh, you know, you can like sort of see that like even President Coin was evil. Yeah. So, um, and it all like really came to like whenever you start getting like a lot of power and um, greed and stuff, you just become like evil. Like you become like the person that you hated. She hated the capital and she became the capital. Yeah, that's, that's so true. I, I couldn't agree more like, um with coin so like before before i give away the ending what what had happened was um katniss had no idea the rebellion was happening but district 13 was sort of gathering people who were in different districts you know protesting against the capital and sort of aligning them together under the name of katniss and with president coin also having a military background she she wanted she was she was the female version of snow basically so at the end what happens is um there's a massive war civil war blah 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 everyone fights a lot of people die some people survive and what happens is prim dies and prim dies because coin let that happen coin sent in medical personnel prim being one of them um, to aid the children of the capital that were, you know, bombed and stuff. And, and in a two-tier bomb, Prim was killed. Now, right after this, uh, Katniss is depressed and she does encounter Snow while he is in captivity. And he sort of hints out to her that my... Um, yeah, I was going to say that... Um it was coins plan right like she had sent prim in the same like area and then as medical supplies like she sent like a fighter jet with medical supplies but it actually carried bombs yeah and she like had like bombs drop or whatever and then she like blamed all of that on snow and she said that it was his plan and so they arrested snow but it like yeah okay go on sorry Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah no you're right like so basically coin designed the the end game um to make it look like snow snow bombed the children of of the capital but when Katniss spoke to snow he's like I gave up the minute the gates were invaded I was ready to surrender um and then he sort of like 
I mean, she already had suspicions and, and like what you said, like, you know, coin try to like make her a parrot and, and sort of make her puppet everything that she wanted to be done with Katniss's face and, and whatnot. And she only gave priority to PETA when she saw that they absolutely needed PETA to be there to control Katniss and sort of use them as a ploy. Um, everyone who was loyal to Katniss also saw this happening. So no one was actually, people who were loyal to Katniss were not surprised that at the end, Katniss shot Coin, and yeah. the crowd killed Snow. So basically, right. um, leading up to that, what had happened was uh, before the execution even took place, Coin had a little meeting with the remainder uh, remainder of the of the victors. Finnick O'Dare died. I'm so upset. He is the guy who is in me before you. He is so he was such a wonderful character and he was so helpful. My brother joked about the fact that like, you know, every single time you see the movie, you see that like you only see Pete as a liability. Like everyone is trying to take care of him because Pete is such a liability and Finnick O'Dare would like actually like hold on to to Pita despite what he was doing and kicking and screaming. Um, so with the remainder of the tributes, Coin sits down and says, in in victory of what we've done, I want to have a ceremonial Hunger Games, but instead of the district's children, have the capital's children um, be tributes. Now, obviously, this is quite horrifying. A lot of people said no. Some people said yes, who were very hurt by what the Capitol has done. And reluctantly, um, Hamish was quite hesitant, but Katniss said for Prim, yes. Hamish said, I'm with the Mockingjay, and so did PETA. Now, they knew she had something up her sleeve, and this is when she shot him. Now, uh, this is when she shot Coin, sorry. Now, Coin was absolutely nuts, and this is why it was important that she killed Coin. See, Snow was not the only person who wanted the Hunger Games. Okay, this was this is this is human nature. This was Katniss's metaphorical, figurative, and literal way of killing evil because Snow and Coin had the same idea that children are basically just. Do you get me? They're not investments. They're not assets. They're entertainment. They are they are things for you to use as resources, and. And that is not that is something Katniss was not on board with. Um, she was not on board with the fact that like while coin while snow in the capital, do you I mean like everyone had their own individual persona? I mean, honestly, they all looked ludicrous. But then in District 13, everyone had the same uniform. There was no individuality yeah. because Coin wanted everyone to be the same. And and that was not okay. So this is this is sort of why um why it was important that she died because the hunger games was never a good guy versus bad guy story right like it was it was always about the human nature of it all about how like what you said someone like if you have too much power you you have so much power you don't know what to do with it and sometimes you get power crazy and you start doing things because you're not personally getting affected by any of these things right, similarly yeah. to coin one thing that's in her background is that Coin lost her husband and her daughter in a in an epidemic that had taken place in District 13 underground. So she had no ties anymore. Mm. Um, so she wasn't actually like personally invested. Get me? Everyone is just basically right. uh, you know, a character on a stage for her. So yeah. so yeah. I yeah. really liked, I love the Hunger Games and I love how how it parallels with uh with what's happening in the current world as well. Mm -hmm. so someone do you have any thoughts on that <laughs> before yeah I feel like I need to give a no, like 
<laughs> no you're right like it really does uh parallel like okay so like I was just thinking of like a like a current modern day, like right now example that we're all like very familiar with is like the Israel and Palestine situation because Israel is sort of like the capital like if you look at pictures of Tel Aviv and like if you look at the kids and like everyone just like you know happy and healthy and like living their best life kind of thing you know enjoying activities like going out to play and stuff but like when you look at kids in Palestine Palestine, you see them injured, not having medical supplies, like scavenging for food and like, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. So like it, you, it's literally so prominently like visible there. And then you can also see that the people in power in Israel literally are trying to make sure that it remains this way, like, you know, that they are able to control all the other like, you know, like Palestine, like the West Bank and Gaza, like they want to control it fully, like, you know, just like uh, capital tried to do. Yeah. So um that way it's like and also like you know the whole like um you know how they the peace uh, the peacekeepers or whatever i could say the idf soldiers are just like the peace uh, peacekeepers they are, like they you are. know yeah. they literally like they're literally shooting kids in the back for doing nothing like i i mean like we both watched that video of that little girl getting shot in the spine of the rubble rubberized steel bullet or whatever it was like so messed up like you know so um yeah so I would say that they're the peace uh, peacekeepers who are like humiliating people and like you know forcing them to follow their rules and their bidding all of that and then another like real world example I would say would be like um like North Korea I don't know if it's safe to talk about that but like yeah, I was gonna um, say that too <laughs> It's okay. Yeah. No, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, because of like their communi- communism and like whatever, like, you know, they try to make everybody equal, but like even then within their country, they've divided them into like three different classes. There's one class that has everything and then the rest of them have literally nothing. Like I remember I watched this video about this uh, girl who escaped and is like now like living in America. And she was like talking about how like they are so starved for food that they like just pick up like insects and eat it because like they just don't have food. Like, you know so they their food rations and everything is being controlled um because of the malnutrition she was saying that the men are like the average height is like 410 or like five feet or whatever and if they're like above five two or five three they put them in the army like you know you just have to join the military and whatever and um so like that kind of control like and they say that like oh yeah you're gonna have a job forever you can join the army but that's not really giving them any other option like you know what I mean yeah and um oh and also like they control them by like using their education system like they are not educated about everything they don't even know that there's a whole world map like you know I read that they only know about like certain countries and that's it like they control their knowledge they um they control the way they dress, they control um, their words, like the language that they use, they don't know that love could be like, you know, used on like somebody that you care about. They only think the word love can be used for your government. I was like, so traumatized when I read all of this stuff about it. I was like, wow, that is like insane. But like, yeah, so that is another like, sort of like district, like level kind of scary control. Um, and then I guess another example would be like the Chinese government because yeah. they do the same thing. They're communist and they believe in like their secular government. So religion and all of that is not allowed. Like, you know, it, the only love you can have is for your government, not for God and stuff. And so they also do that, like, you know, how they put like Muslim people in like little concentration camps, which would like be kind of like a district. Um, they all have to dress the same. They they 
uh, everything is controlled for them. They can't use what they make. You know, they're making things for Nike and shit, but they can't ever use it. Yeah. So all of that, like, you know, so that would also like fall under like um, uh, similarities to the Hunger Games. Um, let me see. Oh, oh my God. And recently I read about uh, Venezuela. It mm-hmm. also has literally the same thing. Like, you know, okay, so I read, okay, um, that the that the average Venezuelan adult has lost like 25 pounds from the year 2014 like all of them have just dropped in weight because of the severe malnutrition that they're facing because the socialist parties uh, they control the food and the only food that you get is like called a solitary like food packet or something and they just give like that's that's it that's the only ration you will get like for them rice and like those kind of things are a luxury just like for North Korea they basically don't eat rice and stuff yeah um so like yeah anyways um that those are another that is another uh example of hunger game type situation which is controlling the population yeah it's really traumatizing like yeah there's a lot of bad things happening there are a lot of bad things happening I was having a conversation with someone um just the other day and I was just like I don't understand how I can smile because it's mm. such, it's like I, you know like the the older I get the more I understand how ignorance is really bliss do you get me like the more you know it's kind of like oh my god and I'm not I'm not saying I'm one of those people who are like oh I'm not going to have you know a burger because people in the world can't have burgers but no I'm not I'm not saying that I'm just saying like it's just it's so difficult to sort of get lost in your own happiness and while we're all you know we it's a privilege again to have you know our own happiness and like and to know that you know I'm I'm gonna be sleeping in in one bed and waking up in the same bed tomorrow but it's just it's so it's so disheartening knowing that yeah yeah, and it's devastating like and and you also feel like another level of helplessness because the most we can do is like sort of like post about it and and yeah like we'll pray for it and stuff but um for for like people who can't like get up and go fight we we can't do that I mean because this is something that the governments need to need to figure out themselves and the most we can do is like have like online protests or um in-person protests so yeah Mm -hmm. but the one theme that I found really interesting in in the Hunger Games overall was the ignorance of the privileged so the privileged of Panem um are chiefly those people who lived in the capital right now these could be like the elite people in our lives um, in all the countries that we know and their ignorance stems from the fact that they're in- insulated from the hardships faced by the people in the districts they're relatively wealthy and always have enough to eat they aren't forced into exhausting and other dangerous labor their children also don't have to participate in the hunger games because their lives are so comfortable and secure they generally don't have to think about things that people in the districts think about such as how to feed their families and as a result many if not all are oblivious to the harsh realities that most people in Panem face which is which is quite real like I I realized this um when I so I went to this uh to this mental placement in Sri Lanka and one of the one of the things uh over there which was quite terrifying for me um because I've never lived in dorms before was to stay with a with a Sri Lankan family and do you get me like okay I have an air conditioner I live in the desert but like I haven't you get me like you just you have these privileges and stuff we don't have an air conditioner over there you know like I I feel like and then after that I went to Pakistan and people would ask me like Maral how are you someone who's been brought up in KSA okay with some of the things like you know like they're 
there was once like an electricity cut and I'm sure you remember this summon because this is when you were in town as well where we didn't have electricity for over 15 hours and this was like all over the city like even the elite areas and and I was just like you know I feel like because I had like a hint and like a peek at this for just brief like ever so briefly in my life um I kind of like let go of of needing this because you know like obviously if I have an air conditioner I will use it you know I will be resourceful with it but if I don't have it I'm gonna try and look I'm gonna try and be resourceful for other things which which I find that a lot of people over here don't know how to do either like yeah not, not to insult yeah. anyone or anything but it's just one of those things like the more you know the more you experience you you're able yeah. to like pick up on different perspectives of life so yeah. yeah um you know I always uh think this like um even though like when I was starting medical school I didn't want to go to like Pakistan I didn't want to move there because I was like oh my god like I don't know how to live there and stuff but g- moving to Pakistan for a university really opened my eyes to like you know how like uh like what the other side of the world can be like you know like yeah. what poverty looks like and everything um, um like you were saying like you know electricity and all of those kind of things are something that like yeah I was lucky enough to be living in the dorms and we had like those hospital generators so like uh, I wouldn't lose like it, I would lose AC but I wouldn't lose like my fan and like the light and stuff so like um but like yeah so but anyways but regardless of all of that like you know in my first year we didn't have ACs so um it really like helped me like open my mind up and that's why like I remember when my uncle was planning on sending his son uh for medical school and he was asking whether you should send him to like you know China or if you should send him to uh, Pakistan and stuff and I kept saying like oh you should send him to Pakistan like you know if you are planning on making him go outside of America then Pakistan is a good option because you can see like you know that like he'll it'll humble him and it'll make him like more connected to his own roots and everything like you know and I think like once you get that option like once you see that world I think it really does help you open up and like become um like more caring and more considerate and more thankful to the things that you have in your life like you know like you're right like we are extremely lucky like you know I mean I think the only complaint that we have is that we politically we don't have much of a voice but other than that yeah. like Alhamdulillah our lives yeah, are so pushing like even more so than like people in Canada and America like you know because yeah. we even have like help and but yeah mm-hmm. like I mean there there's just so many different things um while reading the Hunger Games there's so many different themes that you touch upon you know like um like how the privileged see the world how the unprivileged see the privileged and and you know yeah. good versus evil and and how how like someone's struggle can be seen as entertainment like Mm. it's it's just so different and even in terms of like PTSD like like Hamish sure he was a drunk like I've already said this earlier but everyone had their own things like Annie's uh one of the other victors um I think she was from she was the fi- she was from the fishing district was okay. that district seven uh yeah I think so I think so well, yeah. um yeah. well it doesn't really matter but with her like she was so terrified with everything that she had to experience in the Hunger Games. And and again, like one thing that we didn't mention earlier is that people who are selected for the reaping are between the ages of 12 and 18. Yeah, I mean, so so you could, yeah, like, I mean, that it it terrifies me because I teach children. I have worked with with teenagers of that age from the ages of 12 to, to 18. And for me to like think like, oh my God, they could yeah. easily have been in the Hunger Games and I would be watching them get slaughtered was 
just insane. So yeah, I 110% I recommend that everyone either like watches the movies or reads the books. Mm -hmm. They read the books, they're better. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and I also the concept of enjoying it, like, you know, watching those kids compete and then die and stuff. That's insane. And it's also like that, you know, remember how you were talking about that area that Israeli people like made mm. so they can like sit there and watch like bombs drop on Palestine? Yeah, yeah. Sort of like that. If you think about it, it's disgusting. I can't believe humans can reach such a level. And I know like this, this Hunger Games thing is just supposed to be a book or whatever, but it's insane how true it is. People enjoy other people's suffering sometimes, like, you know, it especially does. the rich yeah. and powerful. Yeah, remember the gladiators? Dude, they were fighting yeah. to death. Oh my God, yeah. Like back in that era as well. Back in that like era, that. yeah. Like, do you get yeah, me? Regardless of how, much, how many technological advancements we have, it's, I mean, humans... It, there's a fine line like you can be very very sick-minded and you can be very um uh you know caring but I remember like it was it was the same thing and like I think it was Thor the third part Ragnarok um where like where Thor had to fight Hulk and everyone was cheering and Thor was just he was so exasperated like he wanted to tell Hulk like dude Bruce I'm your friend yeah. like remember me right. and because yeah. of all the fights that Bruce Banner had already gone through he just he had become full Hulk he had no idea what was going on so it's just yeah yeah like and this is what's happening now as well like I said this in the in our YouTube upload as well like Blair um Imani uh she she said this that you know it's also a privilege for us to like turn away so yeah like mm -hmm. guys I'm gonna say like my my thing that I always say like please don't stop posting about Palestine please educate oh, yeah. yourselves further and uh, yeah, like, I mean, someone and I are going to be updating you guys as well with everything that happens once we have yeah. more information, though. Yeah. So And also another thing, like, I want to say is that, like, where the F is the UN, dude? <laughs> Where's the, where They're are the, the people that are supposed to be helping us? <laughs> I know. You know, I was so, like, honest to God, I'm so upset. I really wanted to do my master's in international relations. And I used to aspire to work in the UN. But honestly, Same. with everything that's happened... No, thank you. I would much rather, you know, like work for Habitat for Humanity on my own or make something very similar to it as long as it has no UN association or work for but like maybe, but yeah. But maybe like if you get into the UN, you can work from like inside and maybe it would help, but maybe they would just suppress your voice though. Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So. That's just it. Like, I feel like they have so much going on and I know that they're trying to make change with the, you know, 17 global goals and stuff. But dude, how are you going to work with the global goals if there's no, like, if a massive chunk of the globe is gone? Like, what are you doing? You yeah. know, like, everyone's asking for, for them to speak up. But yeah, they're so but, weird. Yeah. Unnecessary if Nellies. Think, if you had to think about, like, uh, uh, on a global, like, uh, level or whatever, who would you think is the capital? I would say America is the capital. America is the capital, for sure. Yeah. Or, actually, no, I would say America are the peacekeepers and Israel is the capital. Oh, that's a really good one. Okay, okay. Well, you know what? The, the way, like, those, um, the people in the capital used to dress and, like, you know, we're all colorful and stuff. I feel like I see that a lot in America. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I would exactly. say Israel, yeah. Israelis are the peacekeepers and America is the capital. <laughs> yeah, but see, that's the thing. The reason why I called US, uh, the USA as peacekeepers because, I mean, dude, I would but be like, fighting with you, Simon. The army I, and, like, yeah, their the army are the peacekeepers. Is, they send their which is Israel. Yeah, it's true. Well, they gave the all their budget, like all the military budgets that they have. It's mostly going towards Israel, like you know. So, 
they're the strongest army in the world so they would be the peacekeepers yeah. <laughs> it's really like I'm like I would I think so and then like the district one and two would be like you know like England and like those kind of countries the like colonizers. you know yeah the colonizers <laughs> exactly yeah um who would you think would be like district like the, the 12 like the one that had the worst Africa Oh, that's true. They took everything from Africa. Like they you know, took the everything from Africa, yeah. dude. Like I mean, if and they you... destroyed them. Yeah, someone like I. So I remember I was a teenager when I went to Egypt, but I remember a tourist was so funny. She's such a funny Christian lady. So she's like, um, so yeah, you guys can go in the pyramids, but you're not going to see anything. And we're like, why? <laughs> this is not what we studied. She's like, oh, because like we had like we had Tomb Raiders, which was a movie but she's like we had tomb raiders but also a lot of the a lot of the things that you that were in the pyramids only a portion of it is um in the egyptian museums but most of it's are most of it's in the american and british museums like think about it oh dude God. like why do the disgusting. british and, <laughs> why did the british and american museums have like an egyptian exhibit <laughs> yeah <laughs> they were never exactly. there so exactly like give us our stuff back bro like yeah. So it's so gross. They literally go around doing whatever the heck they want. Like, you know, if they want our resources, they'll say that, you know, like we did something and they'll come like freaking uh, wage war and steal those resources, you know? Yeah. Um, you know what I keep and they thinking? convince the public by pretending that it's, it's because of some other reason and that like, you know, there's war happening or whatever, but it's actually that they just want to steal from us. Like the oil, like, you know, they just wanted to steal oil in um, around that you know what I'm talking oh about yeah oh my god can I tell you oh my god I've been wanting to say this for the longest time okay so basically we had like a random delegation that came to our university okay and I can say this now because like you know statute of limitations it's been over five years since this happened um but this these people they came from the states and they were all American they were like white as the walls behind you right now okay they were so white and these ladies <laughs> they kept asking me and my friends so obviously like I was Pakistani so they're just like oh so you, how are you living in KSA whatever blah, blah blah but they kept asking us how much oil do you own how much oil do you what? own yeah they kept asking us how much oil we owned and we're just like what are you talking about to the point that my friend jokes she goes like oh I've got barrels do you do you, in my locker do you want some because it was just <laughs> nuts like what are you guys saying they're and they're, dude, they have been told like the weirdest things. They're so fucking, tone yeah. deaf and stupid. Oh my God. <laughs> so but again, like, listen, it's it's 2021 now. This was like in 2013, I want to say. Um, it's yeah. been a while. But like the, this lady, she looked at me, she goes like, so I went in with like, you know, my purple abaya and my friend was wearing a very green neon abaya. And she's like, you guys are wearing different colored abayas. I was told that everyone wears black over here. I even got like black socks, black clothes um black coats and I was like Jeez. no where we wear the colors yeah. the rainbow where we're, we wear all kinds of colors all kinds of combos yeah um some people don't wear the headscarf that that was something else that fascinated them but I swear to you it was so funny they were obsessed with knowing how much oil we own that is so it's creepy and scary dude <laughs> next to you know your friend's backyard gets colonized because <laughs> she said she has barrels <laughs> There's I like mean, a US there. <laughs> yeah, basically. Oh my god! Oh my god, that's that so creepy. Wow, they don't, they're oh my god, they're so tone deaf. Oh, anyways, um, what do you call it? Before we end this episode, Meral, are you drinking any tea or something? 
Well, apart from the metaphorical tea that we just had, um, I'm, having, <laughs> I'm having green tea. So what nice. about you, Summer? What are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking coffee. And um, nice. honestly, it is so cold now. So I'm actually drinking syrup water. And uh, yeah, it's not well, it's that an, great it's anymore. It's an iced cap then. It's an iced cap. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, oh my god, I'm so glad that we uh, are back and I was missing you. And this was a lot of fun. I feel bad for being like a little bit um, like nervous about the idea of talking about the Hunger Games movies because uh, and movies and books because I had like read them such a long time ago. So I was like, oh my god, I won't even remember what happened. But then like uh, literally like just like looking at one like um, video about like, you know, um, I think I watched a video about Katniss Everdeen's journey and I just remembered everything and I remember why the movie was so like important and like like it touched upon such a relevant conversation and um yeah so I'm like really glad that we did it yeah I'm I'm so glad we got to talk about the Hunger Games man like it just all keeps comes rushing back to you um mm-hmm. but yeah I have a I have a really funny question to ask you someone but I'm gonna like save that for our YouTube <laughs> So, oh god yeah. please uh, give me a little advanced warning before i no i need oh, those god. brain farts record recorded <laughs> but, All right, yeah. okay. so this was fun um see you soon hopefully and yeah, coconuts sure. please do follow us on twitter on instagram on facebook on youtube we're available on eight different platforms for our podcast so yeah yeah all right guys bye Bye. take care everyone (laughs) Bye. bye coconut